On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Greetings, everyone. This is Pub Crawl Liz. And this is the genius. Um, bringing you another episode of As the Ale House Turns. What's this, like 24? Uh, maybe. Anyone out? You get, Ruth, it's, Jordan, do you guys know? It's close. 23 or 24. Should we do something special for, like, the Jubilee? No. Is that 25 or is that 50? No, it's 50. 25. Right? 25? 25 is Jubilee? I don't... Some of those. What happens at 50? Golden. Golden. Wait, 25 is silver. That's not a Jubilee. Yeah, silver is before Somebody gold. Google Jubilee. Well, what the fuck's a Diamond. Jubilee? Do you have your phone handy, years. Ruth? Yeah. Will you well, Google I, Jubilee? I, <laughs> <laughs> We're not really ones to celebrate anniversaries, Ruth. No, it's never been... I'm not good on dates. Wait, a jubilee is both 25th and 50th? A special anniversary celebrating an event, especially one of 25 or 50. So I guess it could be a jubilee. But not years, but episodes. Oh, anyway, should we do something special for 25? No. I think we should. I'll then, think about what that's going to we'll be. we'll do it. I don't care. I'll think about what that's going to be. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in uh, yet again for another episode. Um, I am very happy to know that people are listening. I am too, but I mean, how can they resist? Well, because there's other stuff to do and not this good. Listen to. We did get a fan letter. Um, yeah, how come people aren't giving us? I was getting some hate letters, but I haven't. I don't get fan letters. Um, I like the fan letters because I do like to hear from everyone and get some feedback. Whereas Bruce likes the fan letters because he needs some love and attention. Well, I also like the mean ones, too. <laughs> you like any sort of love and attention. That's well, why I'm, kids act up. So I don't really the need the li- attention. I forget the love. I don't even give a yeah. fuck about the love. Okay, well, this is the letter I received. I'm going to read it to everybody because it's quite nice. Um, hi, Liz. I wanted to reach out to you to tell you how much I enjoy listening to you and Bruce and your amazing guests. Please give Bruce my regards. You all have great podcast chemistry. Is this a chick? No. It's a guy. Um, as yet another Mexican who used to live in Old Town, the episode with Sergio made me realize how extremely cool it is to hear all the hipster raza you and Sergio and even Ruben still keeping Bruce in check at the Old Town Ale House. We've not met, but you seemed like such a nice, approachable person that I thought I'd send this email your way. Yeah, nice and approachable. What's his name? I'm getting to it. One more paragraph to go. Oh, okay. Congratulations on the Field Museum exhibit. I plan to be in Chicago in November and will not miss it. Your background as a historian and your brief mentions of Old Town's German bar history made me think of the house history I created many years ago, focused on the neighborhood history south of North Avenue. You can download a copy here but it won't hurt my feelings if you don't read it, as I know you're busy. Still, I'm thinking that maybe chapters 6, 7, and 8, the German heyday might interest you. Saludos, Joel Guzman. Oh, Joel. And Joel attached some pictures of the bar scene, and I forwarded this to you. 
So Joel, thank you so much for the kind words. I promise you I will absolutely read uh, what you sent me. Um, I love this stuff, so I really appreciate the fact that you dug into some history and did some uh, research of your own, and I will give it a read for sure. Well, I think the last I heard Joel, Joel was a very, very nice-looking um, young uh, Latino, and I think he had a decent job here and everything, although he ended up going back to Texas and getting married. I think he has kids now. But Joel was banging the oh, artist. Lord. And it was, Joel, Joel was kind of, um, I liked him. Maybe he's a very friendly, affable guy. But sometimes he didn't use his, 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 his head that well when it came to bitches. And so anyway, so he's banging the, he's. That's Joel and you. He sent me that picture. No, no, that is, no. that's, oh, that's good though. You showed me that's Sleepy John. And, and the reason that's Joel? relevant, uh, that's Fox. All right, never mind. Continuing no. on. Yeah, you're, you're, you're hoping this is kind of an interesting story. So anyway, he's banging the artist. And she's porking up at the time. You, you know, when she was like 23, wow, she, was, she was kind of cute. so sweet with but your yeah, words. But yeah, she, she just kept porking up, porking up, porking up. Um, and she was a pretty good artist. She gave me some pretty good... T I mean, she went to really good artist, art schools and stuff. She came... She was a... She was a... a, a, a what do you call that when you're... Uh, Getting money from your parents every month. Uh, An allowance, a stipend, no, a no. trust fund baby. Trust fund, trust fund baby, very big trust fund baby. So anyway, so Joel's banging this, but and she's and she's hot for him. You know, I mean, she's totally kind of madly in love with him. And so Joel then tells her, "Oh, listen, we have to take two weeks off because um, I have a girlfriend coming from Texas." Well, I mean, clearly the artist said, what the fuck? What do you mean you have a girlfriend? I thought I was your goddamn girlfriend. So, you know, that was kind of what you call a faux pas. And uh, Joel was kind of full of faux pas. And I, I was kind of pissed because I told him before he sold his house, he had a little frame house on North Park. I said, to me, let me know. And he sold it to some guy at the Galleria, so I haven't forgiven him for that. Who's Sleeping John? Sleepy John is the guy that ends up. Now, he had no problem with her porking up and putting on 100. So, um, and, and Sleepy John is kind of a amusing guy, too. He used to come in. The reason we called him Sleepy John is because he would pass out at the bar a lot. No shit. And he claimed he was a trust fund boy or some kind of a... And he claimed he owned the building next to the Drake Hotel. And he also said that he invented the modem. Now... <laughs> Not too many people are going to, you know, I mean, like here, yeah. you know, everybody, can, everybody you saw right through the guy except the artist. So, you know, he was kind of a, he was a fallback guy. But, you know, he would, you know, and he loved it. He actually drank Mountain Hurt. I mean, there were definitely days of wine and roses. Who? Sleepy John and, and, and the artist. Oh, wait, this is an interesting thing. This is not the same artist of the modern era artist. She's, well, I used to write about her. I mean, she you was Arthur. She used to fuck Arthur. Wait, when she you was, used to date the artist. Are you kidding? She was Arthur's girlfriend, not mine. Oh, I don't know. All you guys sound the same, look the same. Who knows? No, no. I she's, can't keep track. She's like 23 and she's, she's getting poked uh, by Arthur. Is this, is this Joel? That's Joel. Okay. Yeah. 
Awesome. Uh, yeah, nice well, Joel, out. thanks again for that message. Yeah. Sorry that Bruce had to add your stories I, of sleeping around. I think I think Joel has a really good. I met his wife, and she's very nice. And I think he's got a very good job with kind of government job with um, either Brownsville, or Brownsville, Texas, something like that. It's funny that you um, mentioned a sleeping John from the past because there's sleepy, a sleepy, sleepy John. sleepy John from the past because there's a current regular John who drinks a lot and then well, there was a whole bunch of Johns asleep. Too. Yeah, you're right. This is, we have a new sleepy John. Yeah, we do. Um, there was a there was a whole bunch. There was a Tribune John, Sleepy John. Fish John, there was about ten Johns at one time. Well, I mean, I don't know why it's not John, a common Johnny, name or anything. Johnny Bozo. Well, I mean, it was just they all had interesting kind of. They were all so um, drunks. I, 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 you know, I haven't had time to reply to Joel, uh, but uh, what year? Um, what years were those? This would have been probably around two thousand. No, so not that long ago. No, more than a century at least. He came here. He came here about four four years ago with his wife. That's nice. Well, yeah. um, jo- uh, Joel, when you come back in November, please pay us a visit. Oh yeah, well, he'd be a great, wonderful guest. Oh maybe yeah, we'd love to have you on as a guest. Anyway, um, I'll reply to your email and we can discuss uh, you joining us. One evening, hopefully while you're here. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be for around Thanksgiving. Oh. That's my guess. He's coming home in November. He's a very likable fellow. Oh, that's good. He'll fit right in. Yeah. Very. I'm likable. You're likable. Speaking of likable, can we talk a little bit about... Well, of course, we're going to talk about some alehouse drama because there's been a a little bit. Lots. Quite a bit. Yeah, always. Um, Let's first talk about Buzzkill and Grasshopper because not everyone reads your blogs. Well, and... You just saw a major outburst from um, Grasshopper just moments before we went on the air about this whole incident. Uh, do you want me to summarize? Yeah, or do you want to summarize? No, no, you summarize. Well, Buzzkill has when he's here, his his drink of choice is real cheap rum and Coca Cola. I assume. I mean, he can drink prodigious amounts of them, I, and I'm assuming that the Coca Cola. All that caffeine kind of counteracts some of the alcohol or something. I, I there must be some reason um, why he why he drinks this concoction. Um, he claims at home he drinks um, good scotch and water. I I think he drinks whatever is available, quite frankly. But anyway, so he comes in now. I think we might be hearing some good news from uh, about Buzzkill fairly fairly soon. I I. I Almost positive. Anyway, and we might see him a lot more often. But oh, really? Yeah. You have some insider intel you're not sure. I do have some insider intel. So anyway, uh, we had the the Coke machine got or the hookup or whatever got tank got fucked up. So there was no Coke. This happens once in a while. So this freaked out. Buzzkill only comes down. He used to come down Mondays. And have a few rum and Coca Colas because I was in charge, so that means he doesn't get charged. But I got because when I got re- I was uh, my only last job was on Mondays, and then I was retired. Kind of, uh, I was retired summarily from that, which meant that Buzzkill had no uh, no more reason to come down here, and Street Jimmy was out of his Monday cleaning job. So. This was actually, I was quite pleased with this because I mean, I don't have to come down. 
But but so still, much complicated stuff. Well, it's it's the alehouse. There's yeah, a lot of intrigue. Lots of intrigue. So, Buzzkill comes down. He goes to Rossi's on Tuesdays. I don't know if he comes over here or not. And he likes to come down. The one day he'll take the train down. Now, he's he's a day person. This is very unusual. Yeah, he's a day drinker. He's a, a serious day drinker, and he doesn't function well after, like, 6 o'clock at night. So um, if you want anything from him, it's got to be early. Um, but he comes down Sunday because we open at noon. And... Um, and now he's boycotting the NFL, so they don't really nobody seems to care. It used to be everybody come down for the Bears. Now I watch the Bears at home, and um, so I don't come down on Sunday mornings. I used to. I used to come down and watch the Bears with the boys. Uh, so he, there was the Coke machine was fucked up, so Buzzkill panicked. Now what he could have done, I suppose. Now. He, Walgreens apparently is right around the corner. It's like 40 steps away. You could pretty much a good phlegmy spit would reach it from here if you stepped out the door. And, um, but no, nobody could manage to do that. So they called up Grasshopper. So let's, this is, you're, you're being amazingly not dramatic about this because the real situation is that Buzzkill panics. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm setting this causing story. Causing panic. I'm setting this causing story. Causing panic in other people. You love to interrupt. I mean, I'm a storyteller. I'm a professional fucking storyteller. You've got to learn to be a little better listener. Oh, good Lord. Just keep going. We want to talk I'm about this. I'm listening. All right. So anyway, nobody goes down there. So they panic and call Grasshopper, who now lives just a block and a half away. So Grasshopper says, okay, I'll go get it. So he goes over to, now, the old days, Treasure Island was available, too, although that's even farther. So I can't imagine one of these lazy dipwads going, walking all the way over to Treasure even if it was still there. So Grasshopper says he'll take care of the Coke. That means you go buy a couple, you know, they get a big couple of uh, quarts and that tides it over until they can fix the goddamn machine. Like, who gives a shit if there's Coke or not? Buzzkill. Buzzkill. <laughs> so, Grasshopper comes back with, like, what the fuck did he do the first time? He bought Coke diet. Zero. I, I, I think he made two trips. Each one was unsatisfactory. He but diet, he brought, he brought Coke the, Zero. Or the one, of, one of them, he comes back with Coke Zero. And <clears> Buzzkill <throat> almost had a, a nervous breakdown. I can't, you know, I can't drink that shit. What the fuck are you talking about? So he throws a, a major tantrum. Um, apparently, Grasshopper threw a tantrum. I mean, there were tantrums up the ass going on about this goddamn Coke pro- uh, disaster. So now, I, so then um, Buzzkill writes quite a good blog about this, calling you only had one job to do. And... This disturbed Grasshopper even more because he, he was he considered it slanderous and, and, like, and, 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 and factually incorrect. Yeah, he, he wrote a comment. Yeah, he wrote several comments. Yeah. So it said fa- I, factually incorrect. I offered Grasshopper. I told Grasshopper, uh, why don't you write? I'll give you the blog. I'll give you my blog Monday or so. And you can write an attack on Buzzkill. Well, he didn't take me up on that. And I thought, but you know what? I'll t- I'll do it for him. <laughs> of course. It's an attack blog on Buzzkill. And Buzzkill's a good sport. 
So, I mean, I knew he'd take it only in the best way. Uh, he, said, he said, he did send me a comment and said it was like, now he knows what it was like for Jesus getting the first nail drilled into his arm. <laughs> um, so then, somebody, so, did you bring it up when, just now with the grasshopper when you freaked out yeah, again? Yeah, because I wanted a grasshopper to come and be a guest so that he could talk about the story and he flipped out. Well, and if, if you were more of a, a, a detective type like I, I mean, we realize he's been drinking for about five hours. Even better. No, no. Not we like better. drunk guests. No, not better. But um, so anyway, there was this big kerfuffle, and um, so I hopefully we can stir up even a little bit more. Yeah. Now, okay, what I was going to say when you thought I was interrupting you, but you were actually interrupting me and called me all kinds of nasty names is that it fascinates me that Buzzkill got his panties in a wad about the situation is literally sitting here doing nothing zero other people around literally sitting here doing nothing zero and Grasshopper had just closed the bar the night before Coke zero (laughs) (laughs) the Grasshopper had just closed the bar the night before Probably didn't get home until, probably didn't get to bed until like 7 a.m. That's right. And here it is, probably like noon. He's been barely asleep, and they're texting him, calling him, just so he can get up and go to the store to buy coke. Well, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. So it's like, how did nobody in this bar just think for a hot second that they could get up off a stool and walk to Walgreens? My answer to that is, look at the name of the bar before you walk (laughs) in. That explains everything. Oh, Lord. Anyway, um, so that's, that's a major uh, dramatic event. Well, I wouldn't, sort call of taking... it, I wouldn't call it major. Well, it's major enough. But you told me that there was a famous Andrew Sister song. Oh, yes. So I wrote a, I mean, now, um, uh, you, um, Pub Crawl Liz likes to point out that not that many people, well, I mean, what's 40 or 50,000 people? Read my, read my blog. But um, I wrote, when I wrote about it, I, there was a, um, there was famous Andrew sister uh, song called Rum and Coca-Cola. Rum and Coca-Cola. It had kind of a Jamaican kind of a ring to it. But I, as a kid, back in the 50s, I remember, well, the Andrew sisters, you had the McGuire sisters, you had all these sisters. And um, it was one of those songs you heard all the time. And so I did a little variation on the Rum Coca-Cola song. I have the lyrics pulled would you up. Like, do would you want to read it? it? Would, no, I would like you to sing it. I don't know the lyrics. I don't know the tune. You have no. Rum and Coca-Cola. Okay, so the first line is, traveling from Hinsdale to Chicago, Illinois. How would you sing that part? Traveling from Chicago. From Hinsdale. How do, what's, the first, what's the line? Traveling from Hinsdale to Chicago, Illinois. Well, this isn't going to work. Here, let me see. The well, what the thing. fuck? That's why I told you. Let me look at it. I'll on, sing it. I'll be glad to sing it. Yeah. All right, let's see, everybody. I'm curious to see how this goes. I, I have to put my glasses on. Okay. okay. Traveling from Hinsdale to Chicago, Illinois, our very own buzzkill is filled with joy. Why is that, you ask? Explaining why is not such an easy task. It may be hard for a normal person to believe but every day for Buzzkill is New Year's Eve. Yes, every day for Buzzkill is New Year's Eve. When he's drinking rum and Coca-Cola, drinking rum and Coca-Cola at the Old Town Ale House. Yes, every day for Buzzkill 
is New Year's Eve. When he's drinking rum and Coca-Cola, rum and Coca-Cola at the Old Town Ale House. I'm gonna f- I'm gonna find that song to see if it sounds anything like what you just well, I just a, came out of your mouth. I took a liberty. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Plus, I'm creative, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, that but was you, fascinating. But you don't remember the you don't remember the Andrews sisters. They used to appear in all no. the nightclubs, and then the McGuire sisters were kind of their rivals. And then which one of the McGuires was fucking Momo Giancana. And um, when Momo Giancana, big, he was running after he took over the outfit after Ricardo, uh, and so he got nailed for something. I mean, they had him; they were holding him in Cook County Jail. So he was paying off the. Um, the preacher there, so he could fuck uh, Phyllis McGuire up in the um, in the whatever they call the, uh, the preacher at the county jail's office. So he's poking her there. Momo was a badass. I caddy for him. The first you know, what, those those outfit guys are great. He says, "What's your name?" I said, "Bruce." He says, "Bruce, keep your eyes open and your mouth shut, and you'll be fine." And they all cheated. I mean, I mean, I didn't believe in that. They kicked the ball in the rough and do shit like that. And I, of course, I kept my eyes open and my mouth shut. That's where you learned the ways of the world. I, that was one of the places, yeah, yes. Yeah, I know. Those outfit boys. It's an important place and, for you. And, and Faggy Pants is dead. Fancy was, Pants. Fancy Pants is dead. Was a, uh, was a manager out at uh, oh, really? Fresh Meadows. And so... One day, where a whole bunch of us are out, not a whole bunch of us, we four some of us guys went out there, and, and the outfit guys all for a long time, because fancy pants grew up all around all all, all those outfit guys because they used to come out there, and um, especially after they closed Tamshan, and uh, so we're screaming and yelling at these guys. They're playing a fivesome in front of us. Hey, motherfucker! You know, somebody comes back. Some guy drives by up out of the car and says. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Uh, that's Mr. Rico. That's Mr. Giancon. Oh, we just oh, we're sorry. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we're very sorry. <laughs> oh, Rosha, Ruth, uh, Ruth, Ruth uh, got the YouTube of the Roman Coca Cola. Let's see if oh. we can play this real quick. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Let's see. What the hell? We're in there. Oh, an HB staggering in here. We are giving away. Oh wait, hang on. That's not good. That's not good. Okay, wait. All right, let's see if this works. Ooh, that's this. Yeah. If you ever go down Trinidad, they make you feel so very glad. Calypso sing and make up rhyme Guarantee you one real good fine time Drinking rum and Coca-Cola Go down for Kumala Both mother and daughter Working for the Yakidala Oh, beat it, man, beat it If a Yankee comes to Trinidad They got the young girls all going mad Young girls say they treat them nice. Make Trinidad like paradise. Drinking rum Roman and Coca Cola. It's a catchy number. Fury. Your, your song sounded nothing like Guess it. Guess my toes are tapping. Yeah, but your song sounded nothing like it. Come on, what's better? Let's make it better. Yeah, let's fix it. Okay. Oh, well, 
that's nice. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great opportunity to say that Coca-Cola should really be sponsoring this show. And I think it's a great opportunity also, for the Andrews sisters' uh, heirs to sue us. <laughs> uh, or, or we can get a rum company. You know, my favorite rum out there is called Plantation Rum. And it's like a pineapple rum. We'll work on the it's lyrics delicious. and then we can sell. And then work on what lyrics? And we got, well, I mean, just and have uh, have <laughs> kind of lyrics. Have uh, Steve Marquette do the music. Wait, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be writing. I thought you thought the lyrics needed a little more work. No, I'm thinking you're the way you sing it definitely. Well, needs I'm not work. known for you. You you know why I can't sing? Why? I mean, don't don't a, say it. Don't say it. Don't when, say when it. When I was going to Juilliard. And, that, I, yeah. and I was studying opera, and I had strained my voice, and they said, they said, um, what, what are we doing here? Waving, Stop, distracting just continue, me. Juilliard. Yeah, no. So anyway, they told me, the doctor said everything would be fine. They had to do some, um, some surgical repairs to my vocal cords, but under no circumstances do I strain them. I had this amazing voice. Well, I'm walking by an orphanage. Um, on the east side of New York, and all of a sudden I see fire. Nobody's reacting or anything. So I have to use my voice to the most extreme levels to save all the fucking orphanages. That was the end of my voice. Okay, so that's why you're a shitty singer? Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate that little uh, tune. Um, And maybe that'll be the nice sort of... Uh, ending to this quarrel. No, I don't think there will be an ending. Rum and Coca-Cola I think quarrel. We, I think we can prolong this quarrel quite a long time. <laughs> You're hoping you can. I'm not hoping. I know. Jesus. Speaking of quarrel, you said you wanted to say something about Hawkeye. Well, I was going to do that later. Well, yeah, we can do it now. We were going to. We we um, have to do a double blog today. And the reason we podcast. Have to, I mean, double podcasting. I get this shit. This is the first time we're doing back-to-backs. First time. The reason is because we have a birthday, a couple birthday girls. And it turns out that um, Pub Girl Liz and Goat Girl have birthdays very close. How close are they? Two days apart. Two days. Imagine that. Well, that was fate, isn't it? I'm sure all those planets are circling and diving and ducking and all. Scorpio power. Yeah. Are you nervous? So, So... Oh, I'm terrified. So, um, but they're, the, oddly enough, they're going to, not for the World Series, but they're going to Boston. To I used to live in Boston. So I'm When you going, went to Harvard. Yeah, so I'm going to back to see some oh, friends and mo- show her around. Yeah, speaking of Harvard, my mother used to, my mother used to, when I was a kid, she used to sing this uh, song to me when I was a little kid. She says, or it was more of a poem, to don't send my boy to Harvard, the dying mother said. Don't send him to Michigan. I'd rather see him dead. Send him to Chicago. I forget how it ended, but it was like a pro University of Chicago song. No, I'd like to know the, all those lyrics. Well, I bet For you someone get... who doesn't sing a lot, you're singing a lot tonight. Uh, no, I'm very I musical. like it. I kind of like it. I'm a very mu- musical, po- poetic you, person. You know why I like it? Because when you sing, your face turns really friendly. Really? Like you're happy. <laughs> Well, oh my God, you're happy. You know, they remember what they say about some people with terrible uh, stutter, stutterers. Yeah. That if they sing, they can say the word. So I think I did. I I did something creative. I forget exactly what. 
But the main character always had to sing if it was, you know, to make any sense because it's some kind of speech impediment. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're he- heading to Boston, but also next week, because um, we're doing that this weekend, but then next week I'm actually really busy because the exhibition opens next week. So I'm going to be... So when are you going to Boston? <clears throat> Thursday through Tuesday, and then I've got exhibit stuff that Tuesday night, and then Wednesday I have more... I gotta be at the museum, at the field museum, and Thursday we have our media day where all the journalists, and reporters, and come so to stories. So when are you gonna and make Friday your Friday's the opening night. When you're making your big, well, aren't you? Well, aren't you gonna announce that? There's another big announcement happening, um, but you know, it, I can announce it after the exhibit opens because again, people won't know about it, and so I'll make that announcement on the podcast. It'll be all right. Well, fine. Yeah, we keep having big announcements after big announcements. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah, so that's the reason we have to record a back-to-back because uh, busy schedules. So um, this is fun. But the question, the, the, we started this because of the quarrel with Hawkeye. Yeah. You're going to oh, talk about Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah, so we asked because we were going to do back-to-backs. So I, we were going to ask, uh, Hawkeye works tonight. He gets here at 8. So he was going to come in. We, I asked him, at, come in at 7 and do a, do a, a podcast. And now I pretty much kn- knowing him as I do for as long as I do, and knowing how just kind of, I mean, he has good points and many bad points. One of his most unfortunate points is he's very jealous of me. He's yeah. envious. And, you know, I mean, I'm the writer he could never be. I mean, I mean, as I point out, you know, he's not just the only Pulitzer Prize winning doorman in Chicago, he's the only Pulitzer Prize winning man, uh, a doorman in North America. Yeah. How, I mean, how do we know this? Because I did research. Okay. I believe you. I spend a whole day over at the uh, Newberry Library researching this. I don't, I don't like to get my facts fucked up. <laughs> so uh, he said, nope. Just like that. Nope. That was his exact words. Would you be on the podcast? Now, he could be quite interesting. He's capable of it. Now, it's not the most positive interest in stuff. Well, I was pretty negative. But, um, I mean, for instance, he quit his very solid job at the Trib- Chicago Tribune so that he could go over and get, become captain of a Jane Burns sinking uh, last-ditch effort to be mayor of Chicago. So he was on that She losing. was mayor of Chicago. Yeah, but this was after she had lost and she was trying to make a comeback. Oh. And she couldn't get a campaign manager, so... So Hawkeye did that? Yeah. Hmm. And then he, he became PR guy for um, the, probably the most... Inc- we've uh, Pretty much every sheriff in the history of Chicago has been corrupt. And, you know, the Cook County Jail is just a bastion of corruption. But Hawkeye went over there, and he was the PR guy for O'Grady. And Hawkeye's about the only guy that didn't go to prison over there because <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. Um, Why is he a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist? Well, that's what what it, it would have been fun to have him describe um, that famous. It was a story. I really need him to describe. It was a it was a big scoop they had. I forget what the fuck it was. Something about bribes and cops Corruption. and inspectors. And I think it's fascinating that the guests we've had who uh, we've had who go on to write books or do something, you know, sort of. 
noteworthy is because they've reported on stories about corruption. Well, can you imagine every 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 time they've done a sting on a Chicago alderman, they've nailed them. I mean, even even the goody two shoes one, like uh, what was named Bloom out in Hyde Park. Yeah. Larry Bloom. Um, he was he was a reformer. Goody two shoes, fucking jag off. And so he gets nailed. He gets nailed for bribery or something. I remember I was playing golf with Andy Shaw out at Jackson Park. And this was right after Bloom, Larry Bloom got out of jail, out of prison. So we're crossing, um, we're crossing the street to, ne- to, the, to the fourth hole. And um, so we're crossing the street. And who do we run into but Larry Bloom? So... Uh, um, Andy goes, hey, Larry, how you doing? Shakes hands with him, and he kind of looks uncomfortable, you know. I don't think he really was, at that time, really excited about getting recognized anywhere. So I shook hands with him. I said, Larry, I really, I really want to apologize. I feel like I have to apologize. He starts trying to pull his hand off. I, I mean, because I, this fucking asshole, when he gets nailed, what does he tell the judge? He tells the judge... The reason that I did all that was because my constituents wanted me to do it. I mean, that was an excuse, right? So I said, Larry, um, I really want to apologize for making you fucking steal. I really didn't intentionally do that. I just feel <laughs> I just apologize. Of course, by now he pulled his hand away. Um, so I don't know why I brought... Oh, if they would have done a sting, pulled a sting... They could have gotten any goddamn alderman in the city. I mean, it was every time they have a sting, they get one. Um. Well, listen. Needless to say, Hawkeye is not the first, nor will he be the last person to say no. We could have talked about his. I mean. I know, but people are afraid to talk to you sometimes. Oh bullshit! All you gotta do is call me a motherfucker and tell me what an I asshole mean, I am. You know, just you know. I mean. If 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 you, I can take it. I can. I know here. you can take it. He doesn't want to take it. It's not about you. Well, he's the baby. He's the big baby. Then no. you call me a baby. By the way, <laughs> oh, Liz Liz wrote her last blog was "Genius is a big fat baby." That was kind of the title. I think yeah, it was pouting baby. Big fat. There was fat in yeah, it big too. Big fat pouting baby. A big fat pouting baby. No, I can take that. Okay. Yeah, I know you. You actually like that. When that shit happens, you love it. Well, and I. Then I get a message going. Oh, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, well, I mean, I plan on it. Don't worry. I'm sure. It'll be revenge. <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay. I would and, love and to why'd have. Why did you Why did you call me a big fat pouting baby? Because you've been mean. Wow. Oh, oh, I've been mean. See, this is why I can take it. Oh, we have, yes. We have right. a special bond. A lot of people what, can't handle you. Well, what did I? What would I do that was mean? You've just been mean talking to me. You've been mean. You gave me a hard time. Um, where's your on sense the blog. of humor? Where's your sense? Well, where's your of sense humor? of humor when I rebuttal? I have, I, I have a sense of humor. I know. This is why this works. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. No. Um, listen, so you were just talking about Hawkeye. I would like to have him on as a guest. Hawkeye, if you're out there, I promise you that I'll control Bruce and we'll just talk about some really cool stuff that you've yeah, done in the past. Hawkeye. Um, but who do you think, and maybe we should save this for a future uh, guest who's going to be on, but in the meantime, who do you think has been the most corrupt alderman in our city? Hinky Dick Kenna? Oh, God. I would say... Patty Bowler? I'd say Eddie Vidroliak. Let me tell oh, you gosh. Let me tell you a funny story about... Um, 
when the um, when the uh, Sun Times was in turmoil, remember when Murdoch bought it? And Murdoch, so a bunch of guys quit. I think Royko quit. Went over to the Tribune, and I, Roger Simon quit. A bunch of guys quit. So uh, Roger would never leave. A lot. Roger loved the Sun Times. That was his baby. He was totally loyal to it. He could have tripled his money going some other other papers, but he didn't. So this Murdoch sends in this uh, editor, some real asshole. And the guy had a wife that had been part of a TV show. She was kind of a floozy-looking blonde airhead. And um, so they came from New York or someplace to run the Sun-Times after the bunch of everybody. I don't think, maybe, yeah, I think Murdoch still had So Rogers called for a command performance to come over to the new boss's, new editor's um, house for a dinner party. And so... A couple of the other hotshot reporters at the Sun Times had to all do this too, and so Roger knew the knew the the score over there, the drill. So he said he tells his story. Eddie Bedroliak is also invited, and um, Bedroliak. <laughs> so they're they're all telling stories. Roger tells a few stories, you know. But every time he says you tell a story, this floozy fucking blonde wife of the editor interrupt oh that reminds me of when I was doing a TV and blah blah blah, blah. she's going up every story being told so Vidroliak, um finally so they get Vidroliak talking and he talks about the first year was an alderman in Chicago and he's right in the beginning of this and so she oh that reminds and so finally the husband slaps his hands out of the table and says would you please let Mr. Vidroliak tell his story? So the wife got all pissy. Roger's describing all this to me. So here's the story Vidroliak tells. He says when he was a, a freshman mayor, a freshman alderman, Old Man Daly was a mayor. And he said that, um, so you, you had counts, all the aldermen had to meet with him once a month or once a week, something like that. And he would tell everybody what he wanted to do. Well, there was only one Hispanic alderman at the time in Chicago. This was a, back in probably in the, it would have been the 60s. Or no, probably early 70s. No, late 70s. Late 70s, early 80s. It's hard for me to pick it. I got to put it all in my head. Anyway, so there's only one Latino alderman. So he raises his hand sheepishly and says, excuse me, uh, Mr. Mayor, but my constituents in my ward don't feel that they're being properly taken care of and we're getting a Daly goes, what are you talking, what are you talking about? And, and Daly used to talk, I mean, he probably, I mean, his son, he makes his son seem almost articulate. You know, like, you have to think of that? No, you never thought of that. that, that you know, it was just amazing with man, listening to that man mangle the English the language. Oh, yeah. We should listen to some of this shit. Uh, McHugh told me one time he was when he was covering the, the uh, City Hall, he says, Daly comes in after a beautiful spring day. Daly says, Ah, oh, what a beautiful day it was in Chicago. He says, It's beautiful to see a couple of young lovers riding a tantrum. Tantrum, not tandem. A tantrum. A tantrum. 
The guy was mangled. So anyway, Daly goes, what do you mean? He says, what do you mean I don't take care of the, uh, the Hispanics? Alderman Bedroliak is a sp- Hispanic. Do I take care of you? Alderman Bedroliak nods. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you do. So he says, so. So Bedroliak said, from that point on, all the other aldermen always called him the... Um, God. Oh, wait, what the fucking term? What was it? The... Are you about to say something really racist? The Mexican or something like that. Yeah. I forget there was some other word. But yeah, I mean, that's how fucked up it was. But Vedroliak, so Vedroliak, when Vedroliak got his joint over on Lincoln Avenue, Vedroliak, by the way, was really smart. If he wasn't so absolutely obsessed with stealing money, I mean, the guy would probably still be mayor. I mean, the guy really had charisma. He was smart. He just was absolutely low-down thief. And uh, he could never really kind of hide that. But so I'm, I go over, it was raining, and I had to go to see, and uh, my friend Jim Stein was uh, Renelli's accountant. So I go over to Renelli's joint about 11 in the morning uh, when it's before it's open. And to see, I first Stein, I think I had to see Stein for something, I forget what. So Renelli and Stein are up there uh, in, the, in the restaurant before it's open. So I'm talking to him, and then he goes, ah, fucking Bedoli, I got to give him a drop for some zoning thing or something. A so, drop? Some yeah. dough? Money? Yeah, An yeah. envelope? Yeah. But get this, so Bedoli pulls up in this big Lincoln, or I think it was a black Lincoln. Now, he could have illegally parked up by the curb, but fuck that. Just puts the flashers on, he double parks, walks in. Doesn't say a word to Ranelli, just jerks his head, tells him to go downstairs because it's not the first time he'd been there for a drop. So Ranelli comes back. He's five minutes later. He's out the door, gone. Ranelli says, "What an asshole!" He says, "We have to every time we do this, we have to go into one of the stalls." And he flushes the toilet while I count money. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, oh, I'm sure there's plenty, of, but I think with. Fast Eddie probably was right there. Hall I don't know. This is, yeah, I'm going to save this conversation for when we have a guest who's in our queue. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for that. Um, because I think he will for sure have some. Well, see, see, on Hawkeye this. would have been very good. Yeah, on Hawkeye this would too. have been for good. For I mean, these are the things he Damn can you, talk Hawkeye. about with. He can talk with expertise. Um. Well, I, I'll, you listen. When I see him, I'm going to try to convince him. Uh, maybe I'll... Oh, good luck. Maybe I'll make him soup, too, or something. Um, we'll figure it out. Um, so... <laughs> more drama with Street Jimmy. Oh, well, it's just good drama, really. Street Jimmy, um, was... His, his brother, he said his brother... He's got several older brothers. One of his brothers just got out of prison... And his two nieces have been coming. He's got two young nieces that come down and give him some money on the first every month. So the family has taken another, uh, taken an interest in Jimmy. So Jimmy claims, now we'll never know the true story here. This we know that, but we just know the rough outline. The brother has a condo in Chinatown. Hang on a second. I need to understand. I always forget. How many siblings? Well, that's hard to say. But Approximately. He's got, he grew up with two. One of them is the one that shot him with the shotgun. Um, the other Brother. one he met crossing the yard at State College. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just bumped into each other. Um, I, so I don't know. So who's this one that's contacting him? I don't know. Okay. Um, Jimmy is, he's not good with details. But he, roughly the story goes that his, I think, I'm sure through his nieces, um, they, they arranged for him to meet his brother. He was always saying he was going to go out to uh, Harvey, and he knew where his brother lived, and then one moved, but he still knew where one lived, but he didn't want to go out there looking the way he did, and you know, all fucked up. And, I think they were pretty much... Oh, oh, he had a sister-in-law who would call here about once a month to see how he was doing. But she had a horrible stroke. I don't know if she's still alive or not. So that was the end of anybody making any effort to uh, check on him. Uh, anyway, so he says that his brother, he came in with some keys. I wasn't here the first night. He came in with some keys. He says his brother gave him some keys to a condo in Chinatown. And he says it's got a balcony, it's got a flat screen TV, and it's got a microwave. And he was really excited. I, he wasn't really aware of how microwaves work or, or how channel changes, remotes work. But he was very interested in figuring all this out. And plus, there was food in the icebox, and there he, his brother gave him a $100 bus card pass. So... Things were, I mean, so, of course, everybody takes all this with a grain of salt yeah. with Jimmy because, you know, he does tend to lie or and exaggerate. Well, turns out he does. He said his brother was going to Texas for a while. Now, what his brother's motives were, we, we'll, we probably will never know unless Jimmy gets arrested in some kind of horrible sting operation in the place. But You don't um, think it's just brotherly love? I, I don't think. Maybe he's, like, you know, been reformed or something. Yeah, maybe he's been. Well, how, how, and how he was able to get an apartment. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm willing to put the, the most positive outlook on this. Maybe it's just being benevolent. So are you saying to me right now that Jimmy has an apartment? He's got a, yes, he's got a beautiful condo in Chinatown with a balcony. Wow. And so now the trick is, of course, he has to commute. Now, the beauty of this, as I pointed out in my today's... Uh, blog is that it's a stroke of genius putting him in Chinatown because the local uh, crackheads are not going to travel that far into uh, hostile territory. And now, if he had somebody got into a condo in Old Town, it would be a, a crack furnace. Yeah. So th- there's really a lot of advantages for Jimmy, and he can take. His either a scooter or whatever mode of transportation he's using on the L. But he, now, the one bad thing is he can't take bikes or scooters underneath the turnstile. So, you know, he has to pay. That's one of the disadvantages. Anyway, uh, so he now has a warm bed to sleep in at night. He won't be sleeping behind the dumpsters or on the park benches or on the L when it gets colder, and especially now it's starting to get colder. So is this place for him to use whenever, always, for infinity? Well, I, you, 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 you think that through. I mean, Jimmy will fuck this up on some level. We okay. just don't know. But um, Also, I don't mean to sound... Negative? Yeah, but like, do you think... 
he'd be at this apartment and kind of be like, I can't really be here. and Because, you know, he's accustomed to hanging out on the no, streets. No, no. The only place he can get his crack is in the old town. And he, 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 for a crackhead, he couldn't just go into Chinatown and start begging because whoever the beggars are over in Chinatown will kill him. Did you ever see the movie Shawshank Redemption? Yes. Great movie. One of my top five favorite movies, right? But you know how Morgan Freeman's character has been in the slammer for so long? Right. And then he gets finally gets released. And, and at the himself. end, and one of the other guys actually ends up killing himself. And he's like, I don't know that I can survive on the oh, outside. Well, that's called Cause, stir crazy. Because he doesn't know any better. That's stir crazy. Right? He gets a job at the grocery store or whatever, and he can't he can't hack it. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's my point. Like, Street Jimmy has been known, like, is only known one way of life, can he actually function? I don't think he can, but who knows? I hope he stays in that little apartment. Well, yes. I mean, I don't... Knowing Jimmy, um, there's... You know, his life hasn't been violin music. But this, I mean, it's... um, If he could just get one winner out of there, that'd be huge. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's no kid. I mean, he's almost 60, and the I can't average, he's almost 60. the average lifespan for somebody on the streets like five years, you know, in a harsh yeah. climate, and he's this is going on twenty. Um. Well, I, I I hope that I don't see him for a while. Oh no, he comes here every day because he has to. <laughs> see, the thing about Jimmy is, no matter what the how bad the weather is or anything, the only way he can get his money, get money, and crack, is by being on the street. So it, no matter what the, how bad the weather is, he has to be out in it. The yeah. nice thing is, I mean, when you step to sleep, I mean, it's not restful sleeping behind the dumpster, sleeping on an L. It's not you don't really get the great sleep you'd kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, genius, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, I think I'll be um, Justice Kavanaugh. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Ruth, what are you going to be for Halloween? Nothing. Oh, she'll be some Lady Gaga, maybe. <laughs> okay, um, Jordan, you got anything going on for Halloween? No. All right. Well, you guys well, are excited. Wait, who gives it? Wait, what a dumb question, by the way. What a dumb question. Halloween is a thing. What are you going to be? Uh, busy. She's going to be a taco. I'm, oh God, I'm going to be prepping for the exhibition opening. So a, to- a tamale. I was hoping you would tell me something exciting and fun. Any hoo-ha. Um, all right. Well, uh, Ruth, thank you so much for the beverages. Well, and may, for queuing up the Andrew Sisters song. That was well, timely. And, and maybe we can talk her into being our guest. Maybe. I'm sure she'll consider it. Um, I'll, have Jordan. Sweet, I'll have to sweet talk her. <laughs> yeah, it works so well. It works so well with Hawkeye. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you as always. Yes, we do. I mean, um, you had to come in early tonight. Too. Yeah, well, you know, we, got, we all make sacrifices for for, for this. You, so that you and Goat Girl could go to Boston. Well, I'm also working on an exhibition. It's been, I, you know what? I will say, you guys have been very, very, very flexible and very. Um, oh, tell me about supportive, it. Supportive, oh, kind of, I guess. Tell me about uh, it. Of my busy schedule because of this exhibit, but it's all going to be worth it, and you guys are going to see it. And um, Jordan, I'd be interested in what you have to say about it. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, say good night, genius. Good night, genius. We will catch you next time. Bye.